This week on the Open Nestor Podcast with Yuval and Diana. No drama. No, but no, no drama. drama. I don't want drama. So when that came across, and now when you have no drama, you can talk. When you have no drama, there's no noise. So it's easier. I so, think, yeah, a lot of talking and a lot of figuring that out and a lot of trust. And we had already done a lot of work individually so that we could come together and as mature human beings who could talk and could listen. Welcome to the Open Esther's podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality. Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. Tessa, we've been trying to uh, interview Yuval and Diana for a long time, and finally we're able to do it. And the insight in the stories of how these two people in Act 3 of their life have started new careers and new relationship is just mind-boggling, and the story is really wonderful as it's unfolds. It is such a great story, as so many stories continue to unfold, and we interview the most unique individual Absolutely. couples who are self-authoring their lives, and and that's what we're demonstrating here. So this is such an exciting example of that, but just shows you how they have chosen such a different style of life versus many other amazing choice choices we're hearing on this. And every story has its own morals and its own lessons, especially their story. They are smart. They are experienced, and they are risk-takers, not only because of their new career at Act 3, but also in taking chance and trusting each other in a new relationship and new marriage. Let's go to Yuval and Diana. Welcome, Yuval and Diana, to the Open Nestor podcast. We are so pleased and excited to hear your story today on the Open Nestor podcast. We are. It's been we've been trying to coordinate this for a while. Yes. So welcome. How are you doing this afternoon? <laughs> great, great. And thank you so much for having us. You know, it's it's uh, it might have taken a little bit of effort, but it's it's worth that. It's good to talk sure. with you guys and see you guys. It's true. Yeah. It's good to see you. And we know you evolved for years and years. I think I danced with him at a at a bat mitzvah years ago and we were connected <laughs> just by our intensity of dance. Yes. So yes. I want to just, you know, really tell you that we're looking at, at your background as such a so many diverse, interesting ideas that I've watched and followed you doing over the years. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background as you came together as a couple and what stage that was at and a little bit of an intro about who you are and what you're doing in your lives now. You want to start? 
Somebody has to. Sure. <laughs> um, so we've been together, what, six years? Approximately. Six years. We've been actually married now for a year, which was kind of accidental. We had never intended on getting married ever, but, you know, life has its own own sense of direction. We decided actually uh, that we would always be together and be partners, but we didn't feel the necessity to get married. And then um, we were down in Florida and I, you know, my background in healthcare and we started thinking about financial things and legal things and healthcare and all that kind of stuff. And we just decided, you know, there's really no need to not get married because so much of our stuff was 50, 50 anyway, and we have four kids between us. So we decided to go ahead and what the heck. Let's just get congratulations. <laughs> we haven't seen you since you've been actually married. So congratulations. <laughs> yes. so wait a second. So I you know this is a do not marry me ring and it has a story. So <laughs> do not so marry me ring. Do not marry me ring. And, uh, and yes, it was a discussion that at that point we, we own a couple of properties. We own like cars. Uh, when I say cars, it's at the moment there were like nine cars, nine Teslas. And um, as your and, business, right? Yeah, yeah. And and we and we are together with everything. And then we looked at each other and says, Well, if something happened to one of us, then the other one is is in a bad shape. I, I don't want to yeah. use bad words, but bad shape. So uh, I looked at Diana and I said, All right, shall we get married? It mm -hmm. makes it everything easy and, yeah. and simple, and we simplify everything. We just went to court. Half an hour later, we came out. We were married. Uh, there was nothing to it. We, we let the kids know so they won't get a thermal shock because of this. And um, and how did they respond? And, and yeah, but but the do not marry me ring is a, is, is a real story. You know that in oh. my long past, I was a diamond dealer, and I dealt with diamonds, and along my flights in Northeast Philadelphia Airport, I met a, a lovely lady, and she told me a lot of things about, you know, her past, among them that she was married to people with a lot of money, but she sold all her jewelry, except of one ring. So, of course, my ears cling, and said, what is that yet you have? And he said, yeah, I want to sell it. I said, so show me Long story short, I bought the ring. I bought the ring with two matching earrings. It's about a hundred years old diamond, at least a hundred. It's a, a rose cut, very, very nice diamond. And um, and I took the ring and I cleaned it on the coffee machine with the espresso, you know, the, the steamer. And I used my yeah. a, a ultrasonic toothbrush to clean it nicely. And it was shining beautiful. I put it in a Tiffany bag. And Diana was with her friends. I came and I said, Diana, I have something for you, but you have to promise me something, please. We're not getting married, okay? Because we don't try to fix something that works. So if it's okay, I have something for you. Of course, she uh, acknowledged that she's thankful for the fact that I, I don't have any intentions of marrying her. And she got that ring, which she wear on the marriage finger and um and uh, and we were not married for quite a bit until things happened and for simplification reasons 
Well, wonderful story. I always love, yeah. you have a lot of great jewelry stories. I don't want to go into that. It's going right. to take us to another place. <laughs> but Yuval, tell, tell us about you. I mean, we got a little bit about Diana, Diana, and how about you? So, so uh, along my roles, I mean, I, I always, um, I always um, admire you, you two of you, for being um, uh, carried after your passion, your desires, your dreams. You both are dreamers. And to a great extent, I felt connected to this. So as a dreamer, my past took me in a very unusual way. You know, I don't know too many people who refuse twice to fly El Al. As a pilot. As a pilot. A person who... Uh, didn't want to fly advanced aircraft, but chose to fly tech helicopters. Uh, uh, and, and then I left aviation altogether and became a diamond dealer and a stockbroker. And because I, I followed my dreams. Passions. Or were your passions. Yeah. yeah, but it was, a, and you know, a, not everything works. A lot of things don't. And we just have to keep trying. And prune what and adjust. Work. Yeah, you prune what doesn't work. You put it aside, and if something works well, then you enhance it and you develop it. So uh, along my way, uh, one day, an Israeli guy who owned a helicopter from Baltimore met me on the tarmac at Newark, and uh, and months later he contacted me. He says, "Why don't you come and visit?" He actually wanted somebody professional to pick up a very small company and grow it to become a real company. And, and it didn't work. And I, I, I was very transparent with my employer, who's a very good friend of mine, and said, hey, Frank, look at this. Look, look, look at what they offer me. And Frank looked at this and says, you're going to be sorry. It's a bad contract. Don't do that. So I said, then what would you change? And he said, well, you need to change this and this and this and this. And I went back to this guy and says, change it. And he did back and forth, back and forth. Finally, Frank looked at me and said, you need to take it because it's a really good opportunity. So I found myself in Baltimore. Diana, on the other hand. Well, just just for clarification reason, you are now, uh, that was a, you're back for aviation and now you are a commercial license, obviously uh, helicopter uh, pilot. Is that correct? Yeah, well, so I, I flew both jets and helicopters and um, somewhere along my past, I had an opportunity to take a fork and there was a helicopter opportunity and jet opportunity. Now a word about helicopters to those who don't know, it's a machine that goes nowhere. It has no fuel. It doesn't go anywhere. It takes you a very short distance and people pay a load of money just to hop for five minutes inside from their jet to Manhattan or something of that sort. Well, it's about convenience. For me, it means that every night I will be home. Right. And that was the reason I chose that that direction. So as I got to Baltimore, Diana from a completely different direction found herself in Baltimore. I was a single at the time. I went on match.com. (laughs) <laughs> and I decided that the slowest, the smallest radius possible is what I'm looking for. 
because I don't believe in a remote uh, long distance. Long yeah. distance. I don't believe. I, I need the physical proximity. I need to touch. So I, I put one mile. That's the, the smallest I could get. The one mile radius. That's it. I couldn't believe that in one mile radius in an urban area, I wouldn't find any person that I would not like enough to be with. It just couldn't come up to mind. So Diana was in a one mile. So Diana, what's your story on that? How you guys met, how you felt, what was the beginning? How'd that go? And you were both at that point without kids living home? Well, you know, uh, to, to, I mean, we, we're jumping to now, but their history is that no, they're both they divorced. Met. They're both right. Yeah, I mean, they're both yeah. divorced, obviously. Yeah, our so, kids are grown up. Right. Yeah. You've all have been divorced for how long at that time? Oh, since 12, 15, so at least three years. Yeah. Three, four years. And I had been divorced since 2003. So I'd been divorced a lot longer. My kids were grown. His kids were grown. All the kids were out of the house. And I was doing travel nursing and, and really just kind of finding myself. You know, I was from a little town and in uh, Wisconsin and knew absolutely I did not want to stay there because it's a little town in Wisconsin. And, you know, not just the weather, but, you know, very, very um, monochromatic uh, culture. And, you know, everyone goes to church on Sunday um, and um, not a lot of diversity and not a lot, lot of diversity of thought. And so I was single and my kids were off in school. And so I started doing travel nursing, trying to figure out where I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and where I wanted to be and, and kind of who I wanted to be. So I did a lot of actually a ton of soul searching and was intentionally single that entire time. So you were already open nesters. Your, your kids were already adults. You are divorced and you single. And now you're looking for act three of your life. And here you found each other through match.com. Great ad yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a free ad for them. Yeah. Uh, if they, if they listen or whatever, and how, and how and how are um how's how how does the business side? Because I I think I, you guys always fascinated me with also trying things as soon as you guys got together. How did that right away? Was your connection about? I mean, come from very different backgrounds. How did it? How did you merge in all the things you're doing with businesses now? I so, think yeah, a lot of talking and a lot of figuring that out and a lot of trust. And we had already done a lot of work individually so that we could come together and as mature human beings who could talk and could listen. So uh, to, to your question, I, I had a lot of tumbling across the way with relationships. So I came with the conclusion that I want a normal person Solid. As much as normal can so, be normal. Solid and foundationally no found. No drama. No, no drama. drama. No drama. I don't want drama. So when that came across, and now when you have no drama, you can talk. When you have no drama, there's no noise. So it's easier. We came together shortly after uh, Diana wanted to change direction in nursing and she was a cath lab nurse but she always had her passion towards the hospice now that uh, we were together it became possible because the transition 
takes, you know, what happens if I don't get a job? My contract's done here. I don't have another thing to, you know, to support and where would I live? But if you're together, then there is the ability to gap. And, and uh, of course, uh, it, was, it was obvious and it was like the most normal thing to put a hand and to gap. So this was the first thing that we start actually working together. And, well, I think too, you know, I mean, we're both old enough that look, we're not 20s anymore. We're not playing around. There's not yeah. a lot of, come on, either I you're was in just it, about to say that, yeah. Either you're in it 100% or I'm out. See you later. You know, know yourself. And, you said you had done your work. You kind of knew what you're looking yeah. for. And so that said, you feel it from you. There's a calm and, and, and it sounds like an, uh, an ability to kind of assess things in, that, in a way that what is, what's the right thing for us. So it's, that's why it's so interesting how you came together and you ended up doing some businesses we can speak further about. How are both of your kids at the time that you guys came together, even though they were adults, how did they feel about it? And, and then about the marriage eventually, did it make any difference? My kids were, I mean, they, they love him and, and he loves them. And the same thing with the, with his two kids. And I mean, they just want everyone to be happy, awesome. you know, happy and settled and, and in good relationships. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, so there, I think that the key factor is that each one of the four is a very solid individual yeah. for themselves. So they don't need us around. We right. don't need to babysit them. Sometimes they are, you know, 30 years old that still need babysitting a little bit from their parents. And we are fortunate that all the four are independent. They don't need us for much, you know, sometimes help here, help there. Sometimes, you know, like every other kid, they want love, simple, straightforward. So we were very free from the direction of the children. They were very happy that we were together. Uh, you know, you mentioned marriage, but it came very late. It came, we were already five years together when we got right. married. And, and it was something so insignificant in daily life. We already been everything. So the business continue, the, com the partnership continues when we decided to buy a house there. In Baltimore, I, we, we were positive that Baltimore it is. I mean, we're gonna stay in Baltimore. That's your base. Yeah, I, I had a really great job and Diana found a nice uh, hospice job and, and everything went very, very well. So we thought, okay, this is it. And we had another opportunity. We bought a home to live in. One was like an investment and the other one, I, you know, it was just the time that my my mom passed and it, she was the second to pass and there was some inheritance coming and we had a little bit of cash and so we said, okay, let's buy a, another house here. So I think we were together nine months at that point. And, and but, you, but you knew, you knew that right. you trust, meant for each other. Trust, and, respect, confidence. Yeah. yeah. That's very right. Yeah. And, and for my, and for my uh, side, uh, you know, I think that on the second house, the, you know, it was obvious that it's it's both of us. Yeah. It doesn't matter where the you know the the money is coming from. We're in, we're in it together. So this was an, another, and then it didn't work with my work. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hard head guy. 
So, <laughs> so, so the, the guy that recruited me gave me a permission to build what I thought, right? And then he started to intervene. He was the owner and he didn't want to give up. And I said, you know what? It's your business. You're more than welcome to do what you want, but it's not my cup of tea. No, thank you. I don't want to be part of it. And I eject without any job. I was unemployed with all these responsibilities, but care. I don't I don't cross these lines. I mean, you you blast my dream. I don't want to be here. Right. Simple. That's, that's an incredible. And, and, and how, how did that work out? Did you have any, you know, you, you did it and then did you have self-doubt? Because that's important no, it, for people. It doesn't look like he had it. looks like regrets. he's fine now. No, not regrets now, but it's important no. to know that the transitions have, we, we, we take action because we're going with our belief system. And I wondered how you felt about it. Good or, you know, not good I, how you felt. I didn't allow myself to feel any fear. I don't want fear to lead me. Beautiful. I really don't. Sometimes we are afraid. We're humans. But I don't want it to lead me. Here it is, a partnership. Because Diana was rock solid. She supported me with one of the hardest decisions. You know, I'm now getting divorced from a very high pay position and to unemployment. And I resigned. I don't even get collect unemployment. Nothing. It is zero. And and she was there uh, for three months. Uh, I learned that it's nice to have a dog. I called him Hunad. He, he came with Diana. <laughs> He's very sweet, but uh, I called him Hunad. It's the acronym of who needs a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Married. an unmarried ring and you need a who needs a dog for a dog. I, and, I love the, the opposing polarities you think of, Yuval. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that three months that I sat on my butt, unemployed, uh, this Hunad was stick to me and he showed loyalty and love and whatever dogs give, you know. And, um, and I really remember how one day, every day we, we walked about seven miles together. Every day, every day, every day. And then one day I remember at Fells Point, we're crossing Fells Point, I look at him and I tell him super seriously, I will never call you Hunad again. <laughs> Was he offended? And, and he looked at me and he said, I don't care. That's okay. I, I <laughs> What's the dog's real name? Deanna? Deanna. Burton. 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 <laughs> Since we know you're enjoying this episode, we want to recommend you go on back and take a look at episode three where three couples explore their passions. And episode 15 is open for business in Tuscany. And episode 28 will intrigue you if you're interested in career reinvention. That episode is called We Are Not Done Yet. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting that, um, you know, um, is that we... <laughs> Hello, Bertrand. You know, one of the things is that we're big risk takers, but with, with, I think, stability and trust and, you know, logic behind it. So it doesn't feel quite as risky sometimes. And, you know, you only live once. So we have to show some courage and some 
um, tenacity and just just go for it. Swing for the swing for the the fields, the the fences, because you know and we only are here once. And there are other awesome. there are other elements that only growing up, a little older, a little wiser. Hey, and I still feel that I'm way behind. Hey, to learn how not to burn bridges. Even you live by your principles and it's very easy to burn bridges, you know. I, I, I left New York area when people tell me you need to take it. So they were really behind me. And when I got unemployed after three months, they were the one who called me back. He says, okay, you set enough on your butt, come back home. Mm-hmm. And, and it was home because bridges were not burned. And it's something to say, it is something to remember. You never know. Don't burn So bridges. you went back to the same, I didn't understand that after yeah. three months. Yeah. I, yep. I came back to the same company and, um, and they reinstate my position immediately uh, and even add to it. So I became promoted in a way in the company. And you got what you wanted because you had some list of demand that was not met. So you quit. So I negotiate, yeah. I, I had a good negotiating uh, point because first of all, they, they wanted me back. And every time that you want something, you're probably going to pay more for it. Right. And so we, we had good. I mean, we, we didn't got hurt badly, but we found ourselves now in New Jersey, New Jersey, um, and Diana found a different job close to New Jersey. And now we are here on the next adventure for the next... Year and a half? No. Two years? Two, yeah. almost three years. So we started at 17, we were 18 and 19, two years actually in New Jersey when the next adventure came. And, and this is about partnership. I, I have to admit that I'm very lucky. I'm very, yeah. very lucky. I, mm-hmm. I don't know too many partners that would, uh, you know, follow somebody like me that goes all across the nation, follow a dream, follow the winds, really. And uh, so, yeah, so then we, we ended up going down to Florida and we helped with a startup company and we ended up working together. And I'm a very independent professional woman in my own right. And so I gave up my nursing career. Yeah. Yeah. I gave that up for about a year and we went down to Florida. We worked with uh, the the founder of the, of the company and he was my boss. So that had its own special dynamics. Pros and Um, cons, I would assume. What was that? Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think it was probably more of a struggle for me than for him because I mean, I don't know, Tessa, can you imagine uh, having Amir as your boss? He's a tough boss actually. So I definitely, we have such different working styles. No, I wouldn't want that. Exactly. I wouldn't want that either. So we wouldn't want it. I mean, listen, it was a great experience. We learned how to evolve as a couple. I mean, we really grew in our communication style and, there were some conversations that we did because he's a tough nut too. 
Yeah, he's, he, he admitted he's a hard-headed and he is probably has his own management style and he would like to have things done his way. And, you know, I'm sure that no. there were some clashes. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Because I believe in a management style where people can be heard, which means that I, I don't know the answers. I don't know the answers. I ask a lot of questions. And... I ask a lot of questions that is guided by, by a very inner compass that directs me what to ask. What is it that we need? And, and um, many times, uh, you know, I didn't let people raise their hands. I kept asking, why? 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 And now when we got into some kind of a resolution or understanding what do we need to do? Then, of course, it's a style management that, okay, then we do it. Whatever it takes, we do it. Um, it was a wonderful year. Very stressful. Very, very stressful. I think that a, I had to learn how to be an, a, a much better listener. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a learning process. We are. That's, a, that's probably one of the hardest things for all of us in life with the people closest to us, I think. Yeah, most people are either talking or waiting to talk, and they're not listening. That's the problem. Uh, so I can understand that, that you had to be a better listener, because in order to manage more, in order to uh, achieve more, you have to be a better listener. In and order especially to have a better you, partnership. Especially too. when you work mm -hmm. with, with, with your wife mm -hmm. or your partner yeah. at the time. Yeah, if you don't listen, you get smacked. Exactly. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Bad. Not not quite. No, but, but no, it's not. It's not as it's. We're working on it all the time. Like, did you calmly not being defensive with the way things sound, so we can calm them down and pause. The pause is always essential, and it's always an effort mm -hmm. and a, and a journey for us too. So that's what we're evolving what, into. What would you say was the actual? Uh, you know, the reasons and the qualities that you have earned in this act three of the being an open nester that allow you this flexibility, that allow you this trust, that allow you the ability to follow a dreamer or follow a dream. What do you think uh, the, the most important attribute that allows you, both of you or each of you separately, to be in that position where you can follow a dream, follow uh, trust the partnership for me it's just I did a lot of inner work you know I had been in a, a marriage for 15 years and then in a off and on relationship for about five years and took a step back and said okay what is it about me or about us or about relationships that I need to figure out that I can do better how can I communicate better how can I you know what is it about what is it that I can improve upon in my, in my own self and did just a ton of work with that, with meditation and listening to different authors and different podcasts and different videos and things like that. So that's Th therapy could, as well, or uh, not, I uh, no, not at that time. No, not at that time. Previously to that I had, um, but not at that particular time. And just doing a lot of reading and a lot of self-assessment. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and how do I love myself? How do I become confident in myself? How do I trust myself so that I can bring a whole person to my next relationship and be super confident, 
not only just professionally, but personally as well. Very profoundly said, yeah. So that he can be, he has a partner then, and he, I don't need him, but I want him and, and vice versa. And so that we could truly be full partners together. Yuval, what is the attribute that you think that gets you to a point where you can be the person that you are with the relationship with Diana? I think that as humans, we always evolve. Agreed. And, and you really want to learn from what happened to you. And, um, and the learning, even by psychological, you know, psychologist definitions, it's the change of behavior as a result of experience. That's learning. Mm-hmm. So it, we have to be able to change. We have to. Otherwise, we will never learn. And, um, and uh, I think that my, me, I was damn lucky. I was just lucky. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I mean, I really went through a lot of experience. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to survive it and to say, I want a normal person. And, and I was lucky that Diana was there. And we met. I was lucky that she was ready to follow my dreams and madness and go to Florida. It was like I stopped being a pilot there. Yes and no. I, I kept my relationship with the, with the company, the aviation company throughout this time. And they supported me greatly. Uh, but really, I, I took a detour, a serious detour from being a pilot to being a manufacturer of all kind with factories in overseas and lots of elements and hire employees and develop system and develop social media and, and things big, that I've never done before. Big so, learning process for you. Very big. And, and then I knew that, you know, I have to have a lot of people around me smarter than me that will tell me how, what to do. I didn't want to hire people and tell them what to do. I want to hire people that are going to tell me what to do. Steve Jobs said that, you know. Yeah, I, 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 quote, <laughs> I, I quote, and it's not my line. Yeah. But, um, but I think that I was lucky, very, well, very lucky. If I could say this, I, I disagree. <laughs> it's important for us, to, whether we make our luck or is he lucky, what, are you talking about what? Yeah, you know what, listen, if we had met, you know, 10 years sooner, 20 years sooner, I wouldn't have been ready for him. I would not have tolerated, you know, his personality, his, he softened a ton who he is and how he, you know, how he responds to things and vice versa. You know, I'm a much more confident person. So when he, he can be very blunt, I will put it that way. And for a Midwestern person, That may sound come across as incredibly rude arrogant, and offensive. Yeah. And arrogant. And arrogant. Oh, there's the word. Arrogant. And and just, you know, disrespectful. You, and so we Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I mean, we've had those conversations, but now I can have those conversations. Yeah. And he has softened and he has listened. And so so he has gotten to the place where he can hear that. 
and and change. The Radio Vagabond. If you like to travel but haven't really been able to too much in recent times, let me do it for you. The ultimate destination for armchair travelers who are looking for inspiration to get out into the real world and let loose their wanderlust. So far, I've been to almost 100 countries, so I'm halfway in my quest to visit every country in the world. Join me, and maybe you'll get some inspiration for your next trip. The Radio Vagabond. Gotta keep moving. But but you both of you seem to be independent of each other. You if If you, to separate yourself right now, each of you can stand on its own, not depending on each other, But together, you are a much, much stronger, much more, I guess, enhanced version of yourselves. Like one and one is really 11 exactly. rather than two. Yeah. I love that's 11 is one and one rather than... Th that's what it seemed to me, that both of you are, you know, the power of the two of you together is, is, uh, is, is enhanced rather than each of you separately, although you don't need each other. And that's really what brought you together to be able to trust each other and you to follow him to Florida and him to finally give that up and say, you know what, this is not for me. Let's do something else. And in the pre-interview, we talked about that you now have multiple vehicle Teslas that you are yeah. now renting. So that's another venture that you started. How has that come about? Uh, it started actually before we moved to Florida. And uh, I, I had a beautiful Audi that I liked a lot. But my boss really liked it even more, and he tried to buy it, and it didn't worth much. So I said, listen, I'm not selling you the car, because if I'm going to get, you know, X amount of money from this, then what will I buy with this? It's it, it just, it's a beautiful car. I already paid it. It cost me like a buck 31, I calculated, a dollar 31 per mile that I drove so far. So that's too expensive. I need to drive it. <laughs> and, and then he kept bugging me. So... I said, okay, then give me an offer that I cannot refuse and I'll give you the car. So he gave me an offer that I couldn't refuse. So I told him, Which here are the keys. <laughs> I cannot say it because it's touching ethics. Okay. So, so, but it was unrefusable. So I said, okay, it's a damn car. Take the car, damn car. But at that moment I had no car. So I, I, I I'm... I'm thinking to myself, what will I drive now? And I don't want to go backwards. Nobody wants to go backwards. So I went and checked uh, Tesla and I took the little Tesla, one of the shittiest one they have. And um, it, it felt really incredible. I, so, so I bought one and, and here is a crisis in the relationship because I, I bought one at that moment, I completely financially independent, you know, I sold my car, I buy a car, you know, I don't ask Diana to buy a car. What, what's the big deal? It's just a car. Right. And I'm telling her, hey, Diana, I, I bought a Tesla. Right. Well, okay. So he calls me at work yeah. and says, I bought a Tesla. Yeah. And I said, you did not. You're joking. <laughs> nope, I bought a Tesla. So then we had a conversation because this comes down to partnership, right? It doesn't matter about the money. It comes down to partnership. So I didn't consult it. <laughs> I didn't consult it with her. It was like, a, you know, I don't know. At the time, it was like over $60,000 commitment. And I just did it with a blink of an eye without any problems. Diana was very upset. I had to apologize. Uh, two weeks later, I hear a YouTube 
about a lady in Colorado that has a Tesla, exactly like the one I, I bought. And she says, I rent my car for about six days a month and it's enough to provide enough money to cover the car payment and the insurance and I'm so happy. And I scratched my head and I said, wow, that's ingenious. Yeah. So wait a second, six days and it's enough, for, let's say inefficiencies, let's say 10 days. So 10 days and three days a month, it's yeah. exactly one to three ratio. So if I have three Teslas, one is working all the time, can pay the three Teslas. Right. And one can be given to Diana because Diana at the time was driving a very inferior car. It was a <laughs> Nissan Altima. It was very nice. It was fine. So, so to, to shut her up, you, you, you bought her a Tesla. So it's only no, I did not say one word. I was perfectly happy with my Altima. So, so I went to the dealership after the conversation. How do you buy a Tesla? And you don't tell me. And I tell her, what, what do you think? And we discuss it vaguely. So I went down to the dealer and I asked, if I want to buy your least expensive Tesla, how much it will be? And it was still a lot of money at the time. And I said, give me two. And I bought two more Tesla, just like this. And I came home and I said, Diana, I bought you a Tesla too. <laughs> well, so I actually want to want to quote comment about this because it is true when you talk to some therapist, by the way, or a marriage therapist, that big decisions need to be discussed as partners. I mean, any yeah. any purchase or any huge decision in our lives need to be discussed. So I'm sure it was a learning curve, and you responded and figured out some ways around it. But it's not, I was going to ask you guys anyway about any surprises because we have to wind down the interview anyway with time. But I was going to ask you about surprises. And this sounds like it was one of them. Like it came up, you figured it out, you negotiated through it. And I mean, I wonder if there are any other things that really stand out for you in your in your in your short, intense journey together that like surprise you about yourselves. Anything that your because patience, because I will tell you, Tessa. So he the rest of that story is he bought those two cars without asking again, without really discussing. So now three Teslas without now asking. Now three <laughs> Teslas. That, uh, that's, that's a big, you and, you and the shit. So that was another conversation. It all comes down to partnership and trusting my gut, my inner compass and trusting him and, and having those conversations. I doubt, I don't think he'll have do that again, but, um, it was a good decision in retrospect. No, it was a good now decision. You have, now you have more than that. Now you have more than that. So, so, yeah. Okay. So now, very quickly, um, the second, the second uh, misbehave of my on my behalf was not as bad as the first one. Uh, uh, Diana understood that it's a business thing. It, it's not. I mean, and I told her, listen, if we want to sell it, we'll sell it. We won't lose money. So there is a recourse from it. There is a way out. It's not the end of the world. We'll try it. You'll drive a beautiful car. A, a, the dog got the old car and it was his dog because he shall not go in a Tesla. And uh, <laughs> until we donated it to somebody that really needed a car and um, one of our employees. And, uh, and anyways, from that moment on, I couldn't rent anything. I found a partner who started to do it, but then I had to, share the proceeds with him. So one Tesla to rent was not enough. So I bought another one and it started to work well. So I bought 
another one and then it worked well so we bought four more and now we you have a fleet now you rent teslas now we have a fleet would you actually like to tell us where people can find you if they want to try renting a tesla and they're in the northeast well we are we are in the middle of reorganizing everything and i don't want to go into it because it's it's complicated but uh, it will be basically at Jersey City, and we have a fleet of between my, the partner, our partner, and and I. It's eighteen Teslas, and if everything will go well on this step, then the next step is about fifty Teslas, and uh, it it will be it will be disseminated into different locations. Um, not all of them are going to be at Jersey City, but at the moment the hub is Jersey City and some of them are rented as replacement cars in car shops and body shops and mechanic shops and stuff like that. Diana, you are very much in agreement with that business. Is that business, you share that business? It doesn't really touch me. I have my own stuff. Yeah. You know. So that's, that's just to like you know, a, a rental property sitting And you're back to a hospice director. I mean, that's a whole interview in itself. So I almost want to say, I feel like I'd like to have, have another conversation with you, Deanna, about that, because I feel like Act 3 also involves being the sandwich generation. You must you must have a lot to observe around our age people who are dealing with their parents dying. So oh, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if you don't mind, just kind of table that discussion for maybe another time. Yeah. And yeah. There, are there any other things that you guys would like to share about this stage of being open nesters before we kind of have to say goodbye? Yes. Yes. We have to push ourselves to be with the children. It's very easy to get drowned into our lives, but you okay there? Um, so we have to find time for the kids to be with the kids. It's, it's very essential part of that stage. Awesome. I agree. We have to carve out the time for some people. It's easier for some people. It's, 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 it's too much. I mean, they want, they want to, how did you come to that realization? Aloni was here yesterday. Last week I was with Shakedi at, at Manhattan and every time I meet one of them and I meet Derek and I meet uh, Tyler, every time it becomes the most incredible time, the incredible present. And, and we live in the present and it's important to be with them. So it's not because of lack of it, it's because of having it that you realize that. Sometimes people, because they don't have it, they realize, oh, I need to do it you by being with your kids realize that you really want to have more of it yeah but well i think that there's the other part of it as a, as a mom and this might be different with moms and dads i don't know if you guys are i mean i have no problem at all telling my kids i miss you guys i haven't seen you in a long time we need to get together yeah just boom and he has a more of a problem doing that and so that's also been a conversation of I'm sorry, you just have to make that effort then. It has to come from you because they've got their full lives. So we need to see them and we need to stay connected. And in 15 years, they're going to look back and go, oh, that really sucked. I should have spent more time with my parents. And so we can say that now because we're older and we've already experienced that. So I think that's where he's coming from. He's starting to learn that. We just open this, but yes, but we need to... We need to do the effort yeah. to get the kids. Right. I mean, that, that, is a, that is a whole discussion by itself. But, you know, we, we try to see our kids as much as we can. And that is for us a priority. 
keeping yeah. the family and keeping the uh I mean we obviously we are together so you know when we see the kids it's it's a family time and you know we we also find out that during covet having our youngest son at home was actually a blessing rather than you know being an open nester the kids are out of the school but no we we enjoyed having him in fact I I I going to be very sad if he leaves and find a job after he graduated. So I know exactly <laughs> so we're how not, that's why we don't call ourselves empty nesters because we're open to whatever. And, and also I, exactly. I do like to make one-on-one -on -one time with kids. I think that was a good thing to bring up because it takes an intentional time. I love my one-on-one -on -one time that I go in and see them. It definitely it creates the bond of our relationship. But so, do you have any kind of other um, suggestion to people that have arrived as a divorced people into the act three to enter another relationship or to be able to uh, move on with their lives after a good divorce or bad divorce. I don't know if there is one of those, but once you go through that process, is there anything that you can tell other people how to enter the act three? I, I think that you have as many ways as people. Right. And it's so different. I mean, it is so different, but you know, the basics are the same. You know, keep your sanity, know yourself, know what you need, focus and be quiet. So you can hear everything because if you're not quiet, you make noise. If you make noise, you can't hear anything. Right. And for me it's evolved. And I, I think that that's part of your open nesters, right? right. Is that, You know, when we were 20s or 30s, we thought life ended at 40 or 50. Like, that's it. Right. And the older I get, the more I realize. And it's exciting because you can continue to evolve and grow and change and change your mindset and change what you do and change your passions and continue to explore things, you know, mentally, spiritually, uh, physically, sexually, however, and just So I, I think that that, as you age and continually having that perspective, allows you to just really enjoy your life, whether you're with a new partner, whether you're alone, however it is. Just for the record, you, you value got divorced before the kids have left the house. Am I correct? No, it's actually, uh, Shaked was past college, alone was in the midst of his uh, college. I see. So, so basically, once you become an open nester, you found yourself that you really need to get divorced. Is Diana the same as for you? No. No, my kids were younger. Um, and So you were um, in different stages, really. Yeah, yep. My, my kids were younger. Um, and so they were still in um, elementary school and primary school. So you were an open nester like Yuval was, uh, or so... You, you came to realization that your marriage doesn't work before there were already adults. Oh, definitely. And, and it was just one of those things where, I mean, it was very obvious that, that it wasn't working. Um, and so for the, the better, uh, the better choice for all of us, for our sanity and our mental health and for, for the sake of the kids um, was to, to disengage and to have two separate houses. And they say now when you look back that that was the best decision and you value think that and, your and decision on my end, sure. on my end, it was a, it was like once i became an open nester let's say the kids or the kids were out i felt that it is important to be happy mm -hmm. and since i didn't feel that happiness 
it was an opportunity that the nest has been emptied to say, okay, cut it out. Cut it out. That's it. Yeah. You're still young. I'm still young. Let's go find this happiness that we really need. I did not want to go into the third stage of life, as you say, um, from uh, knowing that there's no happiness here. Right. And I did not want to parley at all. It was very, it was very difficult. It was like cutting an arm. Well, of course, of course. It's a it's long, long marriage. But you came to the realization once the kids have left the house, and we've seen it with, in other interviews, and we've seen it with other couples, where once the kids have left the house, almost there is no commonality between the partners. And they need to kind of separate. Because after the kids have left, there's no more same mission, same purpose, same objective. And now, hey, who are you? Have you been living here with me for, for that long? And then they separate. Uh, and we, so. have, we have an audience of parents with the younger children as well in the, from our audience. And we've had them write in to us that they're listening. So I think the idea that developing your individual happiness is your own responsibility mm. in the marriage. Mm. So that if you do want to stay together, that is what it requires. And so I appreciate you bringing that to light in so many different ways. I really do. Mm-hmm. Anything so, else anything you want else? to add? Something that will inspire our audience that are in that uh, third stage of their life, whether they're divorced or married? Yeah. Or it's not the end of life. It's <laughs> not um, the end of life. It's just the beginning. Exactly. It's just yeah. starting. Yay. Exactly. So <laughs> it, it's a pleasure. We'll see you very soon. And thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Thank you, guys. Thank Have you. a good day. Amir, you and I have discussed the power of 11, and I love the fact that they stand for this standing next to one another, like one supporting the other and really giving each other that space to stand together and be that power of 11. I just love the story because I think they really talk about how experience and behavior is changed through really evaluation and really coming into it with new intentions, and that's where we really learn and grow. Yeah, it's a story of uh, risk-taking with stability and logic, as they say. They uh, got decided to get married uh, for the purpose of protecting themselves and their assets, and that was a business decision, and that is wonderful to do that and to see that and to come up from a place of trust and respect and confidence in each other that this is the right thing for them to do and they are meant for each other. You know, it takes a lot of guts and risk-taking. And trust, trust, as you said, trusting themselves, each of them as individuals to show up fully in their relationship. And I think it's the best example we can give about showing up to things in the world. Yeah, and and we had a a dog named Wuhand, uh, who needs a dog. And Burton, the two names are great anyway. And then we had a ring, uh, don't marry me ring. So (laughs) that was also an awesome thing. And, you know, remember what Yuval said at the end, where it says that, uh, you know, uh, know yourself, know who you are, uh, and be quiet. Be quiet and so you can listen to everything around you. And that's very, very important. And Diana added that the best thing to do is to stay evolved. 
And this is what people need to do in Act 3. So exploration is what we're Expo- all about. Exploration. And that's the exploration without the expectation. Exactly. So look how much we can learn from all these podcasts. And I want to interview Diana again because she's a COVID, she's sorry, she's a hospice director. And we're going to be doing episodes also on this whole idea of where we are at this stage, sometimes caring for parents exactly. and having to deal with grief. And how do we accept it more with a, a spiritual lens? So I have friends in the interfaith ministry doing rituals around grief. I just, there's so many aspects of that at this stage of life, and we don't want to deny those either. And if you know of anybody that can be an expert or can talk about these things or can add value with a great story about career, about hobbies, about travel, about relationship or anything, please let us know. Go to our website, theopennesters.com. That's theopennester, double N in the middle, S at the end. Leave us a comment. Also, there's a survey that you can quickly fill up online which will give us idea of what people are uh, like to listen to and we take those surveys very seriously and we really want to thank everybody that have responded not only to have responded but also kept listening to our podcast and we are proud. really thank you yeah. we're really really yeah. really proud of the exactly. of our growing audience and, and you have made you have made this podcast as important to everybody else as it's important to us to learn that there is there is hope in Act 3 of their life. And happiness. So I wanted to say that if you'd like to go to my page, which is the Tessa, new page on our website at the Open Nesters, then you can find all kinds of ways that I'm using to help. I'm working on a whole workbook that you'll get out soon in the next, I hope, few months. But I'm working with people on that exploration stage of really co-creating your vitality in Act 3. And, it's, and I want to also invite you to our discussion page on our Facebook. It's a closed private book, a Facebook page, The Open Nesters. And, you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and we'd love to have your, your, your participation Absolutely. with our social media. And thanks again for listening. Thank you. Till next time, this is Amir. And I'm Tessa. And we'll see you on the radio. Ciao.